lean forward slightly, look straight at the speaker, and listen with a sparkle in your eye, as though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I ever heard in all my life. We interrupt this program to waste some of your valuable time. Coming to you live from our bedroom studio in the Pacific Northwest, it's TGIF Radio. This show is brought to you by the internet, electricity, and mind power. And now, with no agenda in mind, here's TGIF Radio. Hello everyone and welcome to the highlight of your week. It is Friday, this is TGIF Radio, so goodbye to the work week and hello to the weekend. And it's a rough start to it, I tell you what. Okay. There's a, there's a battle happening internally in my body with the, the, the immune system thing that I mentioned okay, yeah. earlier. There's a risk of me getting sick and I think I'm doing okay. I'm just yeah. fighting it off, but I I went, um, I made a mistake, a fatal mistake in this battle against disease. Okay. Uh, I decided to go cosmic bowling tonight ah. at Hazeldale Lanes. Okay. And there is... I haven't been bowling in a long time. Um, I'm really bad at it. Yeah, I, I consider it a good game if I can break 100. I did manage to <laughs> break 100 somehow. It was yeah. a miracle. Normally, I do break around 130 or mm-hmm. so, but there's just something about putting black lights and dumbass, non-helpful, squiggly lines all over the lanes and just super loud music that's just compressing your brain smaller <laughs> and smaller with every beat. Just something about that environment doesn't make me bowl good. No, I can't imagine what it would be. I don't know what it is. And also, I'd, and I heard... Okay, we we can agree that we hate Uptown Funk, right? Yeah. That that's that's a song. It's got a catchy beat, but I don't like the song. No, I hate the whole. I hate everything about it. It's got like fifteen unique words in it. Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> if you cut out all the lyrics, it gets infinitely better. But and and I heard the karaoke version oh, of it tonight, and I had to sit through the whole thing while waiting for my tab to get closed at the bar. Did somebody actually sing the karaoke? Yes. Oh, God, I'm I sorry. I wanted to cut off my own head <laughs> sitting why, at the bar. Why yours? Because then it, I wouldn't have to experience it You could it cut anymore. off theirs and it would be over permanently. But, but then it would have involved paperwork that my family would have had to fill out That's saying, true. Your, uh, your son did cut off someone's head to... Granted, he saved everyone there, but... There's a lot of repercussions that go with it. Yeah. So, so I just wanted to avoid that headache. Fair enough. And I think I did success. So in other words, next time we go bowling, bring earplugs. And I swear, I thought I had earplugs. Yeah. I was. I felt like ready for it, and then about two hours in, when the headache began, mm-hmm. I started patting my pockets. No, no, there's no earplugs. It was horrible. Yeah. I used to have like one of those little tiny pack, like single packs of foamies uh, stuffed in a little spot in my car, but I think those got used. The, like the plain old cylinder ones? Yeah, just your basic foam earplugs that you get yeah. for free in any pretty much any construction site. The, the worst earplugs in the world. But they work. I mean, they got an NR of like 22, don't they? Something like that. Which I... is pretty good. 
I don't know that off the top of my head. I know. Uh, I, I, I know I get all my earplugs for free. Yeah. So I got nothing to worry about. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, they have to be shaped like your ear, and we've talked about this right. before. Well, yeah, that. they're like three bucks for good quality ones that have like an NRR of like 27, 28 uh, for basic rubber ones that are that fit well, yeah. stay in your ear, and they're like three bucks. But good luck three dollars yeah those and they even actually have a little string that goes together that you can dangle them around your neck when you're not using them those wouldn't last me two weeks why they, is that they would disappear oh. or they would become so dirt chokingly filthy that i would <laughs> never be able to put them in my ears you stick again. them in hot water and they clean off trust me i mean i used to have some yeah. when i was in trap before i got my custom molded ones um uh, that's typically what i would use because if they got really dirty or waxy or whatever you just stick them in a a uh, cup of hot water, leave them for like an hour, and kind of just scrub mm-hmm. them off with soapy water, rinse them off, and they're good. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing about working in a machine shop. You never quite escape the dust. No. No matter where you're working, even in the offices, the dirt will always find a way to embed itself as deep in your ear canal as possible. Yeah. <laughs> that's where all my dirt lives. It's on my hands, no problem. I'll be done with it. But that shit will just fester in there for like a week. Yeah, and then I'll and then I'll be at, uh, asking people to speak up and like, uh, what year is it? And then, <laughs> and then I turn sixty five, and then I collect AARP insurance. At least you're not whatever. asking people to speak up because you constantly hear. Oh yes. Yeah, that's a fun one. I'm I'm still somehow managing to avoid that. Yeah, and... I don't I don't really have it. I mean, obviously, we all have very minor degrees of it. Yeah, that that's that a just fact. happens. We've we, we we ruin that part of everyone's lives for yeah. them by telling everyone that they have tinnitus. Yeah, if you're if you're an adult, you probably have at least a very minor case of tinnitus at this point. Yeah, if you have ever been to a concert, if you've ever been to pretty much any sort of thing with loud noises, exposure like that, mm-hmm. and not been wearing ear protection, you have hearing damage. Period. If you, if you were to just stand around in a soundproof room, you would hear that little tinny sound mm-hmm. that we're trying Heck, if you've to watched monster trucks at the fair you probably have or destruction oh, derbies God. at the fair destruction derbies at the fair <laughs> that'll destroy your hearing is that different from a demolition derby oh yeah that's what i mean oh okay demo derbies i never heard them be called that before what destruction derby oh still works yeah demolition also conjures the idea of like uh building destruction explosions which i would love to see that'd be cool i would love to see uh, one of those mobile homes that one of those houses that are cut in half that live on trailers. Oh, until uh, you park them and glue them together. Yeah, I would like to see one of those fully assembled in the center of the monster truck ring, <laughs> and it slowly being taken apart by uh, calculated strikes. At oh the no! Corners they get hit the once, the whole thing disintegrates. Those things are not very strong. <laughs> That's why watching uh, motorhomes in destruction derbies are so much fun. Do they bring in motorhomes sometimes? The fair last year had a, a motorhome um, thing where it was like six motorhomes going at it with each other. Oh, my God. Yeah, that sounds that great. Yeah, that was great. Oh, I can't believe I missed that. Yeah, the, so yeah. you have like a bunch of like 80s and early 90s Winnebago's running around <laughs> just smashing into each other. And then one T-bones another one and just goes straight through and takes off half of the Winnebago. And it actually says Winnebago on the side. I mean, it's... Because I think that's a brand. Yeah, it is a brand, but like half the stickers have peeled off, so... Of course. You can have a brand new Winnebago in the middle of there. That's just like too expensive. That's just demolition derby snobbery. Yeah, you can't have new things. No, you basically need it to be one step away from the junkyard. Yeah, straight from there to the field. 
pretty much. To be smashed. Self, yeah, sell for scrap, and then buy use that money from the scrap to buy another demo derby car. Absolutely. Yeah. I always thought that would be fun. Driving in one? Yeah. I wonder if there's got to be a lot of insurance papers you got to sign, but I, probably. I bet it's easier than you think. Yeah. I mean, you probably have to have a certain amount of safety gear, roll cages, yep. uh, probably five-point harness. Yeah, probably have to wear the neck braces. Obviously, if even if you don't have to, I would. Yeah. Uh, crash helmet, probably fire suit. Absolutely, fire suit. Um, Keep fire extinguisher with you. Yeah. Basically, Club just... Club your enemies with it. Just basic um, amateur racing rules, probably. Yeah. Just take out everything except one seat. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the cool one to watch with the demo derby at the fair last year was, like, there was the um, the big block ones, which were, like, all V8 and above engines. Ooh. So it's, like, and, of course, they peel off all the mufflers, all anything that keeps it quiet at all. So yep. every time, and they're running it straight to the red line. <laughs> so it's just a, uh, it sounds like something from a Mad Max movie. How about, um, what if there was a quiet demolition derby? Like electric cars? <laughs> yeah. An electric, an electric demo derby. Yeah, <laughs> pretty funny. I'd watch that. I don't. Yeah, the tickets would be like thirty dollars because of how expensive the cars are. Yeah, plus you run the risk of them bursting into flames. Yeah, but that's actually where the fun is. <laughs> that that's what everybody goes there for. I yeah, thought. it's the same thing as NASCAR, except you removed all pretense of spectating for. <laughs> the benefit of the people in the cars yeah you, everyone's there a little bit for the crashes when it's a demo derby oh, yeah it's the it's the that's the only reason you're there enchilada yeah the, the big burrito the other phrases that mean the whole thing you know mm-hmm. the whole nine yards that, that's one yeah yeah furlong no that's a unit of measurement yeah you know that's a unit of measurement yeah how it's like eight yards Something, something like that. that. It's an old measurement. It has something to do. It's like somebody knowing somebody's weight in stones. A furlong is a measure of distance equal to 660 feet. Uh, okay, here. Oh. E- so it's... Equal to, oh, it's one-eighth of a mile. Hmm. Okay, I guess we could just say that. All right, all fun has been removed from this <laughs> unit of measurement now. I didn't know it was fun to begin with. Well, I thought yeah. it was – there's some unit of measurement that has to do with the ribbon of bullets that you take with you in the airplane to go shoot The whole nine Nazis. yards. Oh, so that's That's the actually what the term means is because oh, each okay. gun carried nine yards worth of ammunition. And so if you took you know, the, right. the whole nine yards, it was a tough enemy to bring – a tough plane to bring down. Man, if I if <laughs> I can't think of that, it's – I got a, I got, yeah. a, I got a sleepy brain. No, that's fine. I just, I've read way too many World War II books as a kid. No, that's that's <laughs> fine. I need someone around here to be a history buff because I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, that's what that's what Wikipedia is for. <laughs> to Wikipedia is my history. Yeah, it's the knowledge. it's the history of us all. <laughs> you ever heard of the uh, alternative versions of Wikipedia? I think we've talked about it at points, but I don't know if I have. I don't know, but it's it's. It re- sounds really familiar, though. There's one uh, called infogalactic.com, and I don't I don't think it's gonna take off. Yeah. But they're trying to what what is it that they're trying to do here? It's a really long like manifesto as to why they created this, but it has something to do with uh, adding more objectivity to the articles and. Uh, 
just trying to add more stuff to let people make their own judgments about certain subjects. But that's kind of one of the beauties of Wikipedia is that it's relatively concise. You don't have to sift through 12 pages worth of information to you know figure it out. That's true. I mean, if you want to go into the more detailed stuff, you have the links to the sources There's that the you sources. can look through. Yeah. Um, and some pages are longer than others, but Wikipedia does a good job of annotating it. Yeah, so I don't, I don't really know what the benefits are yeah. of this versus the other thing. I mean, sometimes I look at it to just – honestly, the reason I use it most often is just to look at how different the two pages are. <laughs> and most of the time, they're exactly the same yeah. because InfoGalactic has like one sixtieth of the users of Wikipedia, probably yeah. less, and – also cut that number in half for the amount of people that are actually editing articles. Probably less than that. Probably a third at Nobody most. Nobody wants to volunteer for that? No. Who – have you ever met anyone in your life that told you that their hobby was editing Wikipedia? No. No. You know I, why? Because they don't exist. Because those people live in their fucking basements or in libraries. That's and... what I mean. The people that do that stuff don't go outside Ex to talk, tell you that that's their hobby. Yes. They are the ones who write history, which may oh, maybe that's why Infogalactic was created. They wanted people that supposedly have lives editing articles, but that's the problem. If you have people with lives editing articles, they, they don't, don't have time to edit articles. <laughs> right. What do we do? Who writes fucking history books anymore? Oh, they don't. They Nobody. just keep amending them from the same ones since, like, the late 80s. I mean, they've added, like, oh. chapters since the fall of the Berlin Wall and all that kind of stuff, but they're just more... As, hopefully. But it's, like, the last <laughs> chapter of the book that no teacher ever gets to, so they don't even really put too much effort into it. The 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 modern part yeah. of history. Pretty much. It's like, post, com um, post fall of Soviet Russia. If you flip to the back of the book... It's, like, 20 pages long. And here here's here's uh, seventh grader Brody firing up his connection to the World Wide Web. <laughs> And it's just, and it's like that douchey kid with like the Smash Mouth poster on his wall, like giving you a thumbs up. Yeah, it's pulling up like AOL or something. Yeah, no, that's not what people look like that use the internet anymore. No. They look like me. Speaking you of can't the see early nineties so and that kind of stuff, I've just mm. realized how I do kind of randomly want to work on getting a Commodore sixty four working. Oh shit! Yeah, because my be dad's awesome. Commodore sixty four, I've. It's in, I know where it's at my parents' house, uh -huh. and I know where the joystick is. I don't have any of the other cables other than the joystick with the cable. Okay. But I'm sure you can find either old... Cables are so cheap. Yeah. You can either find reproductions, or you can find um, old classic ones. But it's like, I don't know what I'd do with it, but it'd be fun. No, it would be really great. I mean, is it in reasonable condition? It's in really good shape. Yeah? Yeah. Good. I mean, it, it's in, if I were to probably list it for sale, I'd probably list it as, like, the very good condition. Yeah. I mean, it's got one or two keys, I think, that are minorly sticky just because they just need to get cleaned out. Yeah, and those are just, those are just like, uh, buckle spring keys, yeah. right? Yeah, so, I think the spring's just a little worn. Nice. Which you can even just stretch the the spring and it'd probably be fine. Yeah, and it just might be a little rusty, you know? Yeah. Put some WD-40 in your keyboard. Yeah, or just pull the spring out and soak it. You know, most keyboards today, you can put them in dishwashers, that and they'll come out fine. No, that... well, I mean, you have to peel it out of the laptop first. Just fair warning for it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, some idiot's going to stuff their laptop into the dishwasher to clean it. Absolutely. Someone out there will absolutely but do that. But you know what? Go ahead, because if you do that, you deserve what happens. No, but like, <laughs> a, but like a USB keyboard? Yeah. You can just stick that whole fucker in the washing machine. Mm -hmm. The kicker is that you have to have a washing machine. Oh, yeah. 
You remember I've Some... I, I've hand washed for the last year, so. <laughs> Which is uh, is it no is it an okay life? Have you learned how to reuse dishes as the, much the as trick, possible? The trick is first of all, don't let it pile up. Yep. Try and wash wash the dishes at least once a day. Mm-hmm. If sounds about right. If you can do it twice a day, you know after each meal, just wash your dishes. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty standard like movement, you mm-hmm. know. You finish the food, you wash it straight to the drying rack, you reuse it for later dinner. in the day. Yeah. You never have to put your dishes away. Yeah. You only have two plates in your whole house. If you'd play this right, you can also have one fork, one cup. Well, you need two because And you need... how many spoons? Trick question? Zero. You can use your fork as a spoon if you buy the right kind of forks. I don't buy sporks. No, no, no! I'm how not. Ta- eat, how do you eat cereal then? With your face. I don't care. <laughs> Just I'm eliminating spoons from your portfolio. Okay. It's gonna make your life so much easier. Except for you, buying silverware, it comes with spoons. They don't sell them separate. I don't think they sell just individual cutlery. Ah, I mean, IKEA, does. I'm sure does. Yeah, I think IKEA, you can do. buy like four forks, four knives, four spoons, just a little, you know, plastic wrapped together. Oh, that that reminds me for. Uh... For no reason. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know if... Um, did I tell you what Kirstie's Valentine's Day present was? I don't think you did, no. Um, I got her a one-hour ride. Uh, actually, she got to fly a oh. four-seater Cessna. Yeah, we saw the picture. That was cool. Yeah, it was uh, It was pretty fucking awesome. And we, we kind of went um, south towards Aurora a bit. Okay. Came back up, buzzed her house in Camas, and then landed... And then, but while we were going into Oregon, I could see the monolith of the IKEA building in the distance, and I flipped it off from the plane. <laughs> it was really cool. To be fair, I mean, I do have a decent amount of, not decent amount. I do have some other stuff in my house. Mm-hmm. Obviously, excuse me, got the hiccups. Whiskey burps. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Jim Beam. Yummy. Yeah, anyway. it's decent. Um, my bed and Teresa's nightstands and our couch and my chair are all Ikea products. Mm-hmm. I guess that's all that we have other than basic kitchenware stuff, which was dirt cheap. Yeah. You know, it's like a dollar can opener or some wine glasses that are, you know, 75 cents a piece. I'm still trying to figure out the whole Ikea ecosystem as a whole because, uh, the benefits of it, if I understand right, are fairly cheap furniture that's easy to assemble. It can be. Yeah. Okay. Some of their stuff, their furniture is not cheap. They're they're a mid range kind of. They have a wide range. They have everything from you know basically dorm room budgets to you know you know family budgets where you can spend two grand on a couch. Okay. So they have everything in between that you can choose from. Basically, they have products for every budget. Okay. Which is part of the benefit of it, rather than you know having to go to Target versus mm-hmm. you know. JC Penny versus I don't know what a high end furniture store would be. Now see, I think the biggest selling point of IKEA should not only be how easy it is to put this stuff together, but mm-hmm. also taking it apart. Yeah. For transportation. Yeah. When I moved, I think my bed frame to pull it apart, um, it took me like ten minutes and five of them was finding the right hex key. So it actually was easy. Yeah. I mean, literally, it was once I found the hex key, it was undo two or six different things and all four thing, all six things. The headboard just lifted off because it had two hex keys that I had to uh, twist. Mm-hmm. And then because it's got those weird locking things. 
Are these those weird little wheels? Yeah, it's a wheel with, with a the... groove cut into it. Yeah. That go into the screw. Yeah, we've got that in ours, too. Yeah, basically, you turn those back to the point where they're open, mm-hmm. pull the headboard off, and then there was one on each corner of the bed, and then it pulled apart into four pieces, and then just put that in the back of the trailer, and then go. God, I just, I just know with all the false starts that I was doing, just assembling that mm-hmm. thing, taking it apart is if I ever have to, is going to be a very big mistake. Mm. And I should just try and move that whole thing as one big unit because I... What did you buy? I don't remember the name of it. I mean, Shit. like, what type of a piece of furniture? It's a... No, it's a bed frame. Okay. Um, It's like... It's shaped kind of like a sleigh. Okay. S- sort of. That, that's the only way I can Anyways, describe it. So you I got could, a bed frame. Okay. Yeah. And... That was a fucking nightmare to put together yeah. because the the, the the pieces were like just symmetrical enough that you could put them in backwards and you would be 30 steps along before you realized, oh, wait, if you put this thing in backwards, you can't finish it. Yeah, that's so, when because Teresa got originally when we moved out into our place, Teresa's like, no, I don't really see the need for a nice stand. I don't really want one. Mm-hmm. And then over time passed because I've always liked having mine. Uh, something I set all my stuff on when I get home. You made her see your ways. Well, it's just I think she saw the utility of it. You know, basically I can get home, put my my watch, my knife, my wallet on the nightstand, put my phone on the charger, set it right next to me, so that way when I wake up I can just grab it, turn off my alarm, and then go. No, a nightstand is pretty. Essential. It's handy to have. I don't want to put my phone on the floor because I don't want to reach for it to wake up, and I don't want to put it under my pillow because I don't want an alarm directly under my ear. Yeah, and I don't want to crush my phone by you know rolling onto it there's a risk of that yeah, yeah. and then also if I, the cat starts messing with my stuff i can just stick it in my nightstand and close it which actually did happen for when she was a kitten Any, anything that could be stuff off of anything it. that could be moved on the nightstand she would basically sit on your head and start smacking at it what is it about cats that make them do this i don't know a bunch of monsters yeah I swear to god but uh so eventually then she decided she wanted one so we just got a matching one because it was like I think it was like 50 bucks for the matching nightstand. Yeah. With the little glass topper. I was... Uh, Actually, hers is clear and mine's white, which is interesting, but hmm. they don't make the white glass topper anymore. Well, that's that, that's that's the fault of the Blorch Barker thought, or whatever <laughs> they call their grand czar of furniture. Yeah. Um, no, this is, this, was a, this is a weird thing. Um, we got a cat named uh, Leo at mm-hmm. Christie's house. And he's he's a big fucker. Yeah. Like, he's probably... Did you ever meet my cat, Bobby? No. I Like I've said no. so many times before, Fang... <laughs> Fang is literally the only cat I have ever seen. Yeah, because the... Other than, like, the, the early in a horror movie when you see the monster quickly dart across the screen, <laughs> but it's so fast you don't recognize that it's actually happened. Yeah. That happened once with your cat. Other than that... <laughs> Fang's the only cat I've ever seen in this house. That cat still lives here, by the way. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> Maybe we'll try and find it before you go. No, that's all. <laughs> Anyways. But Leo is a big dude. If any any of you out there know who I'm talking about with Bobby Cat, this cat could give him a run for his money weight-wise. Okay. Like, how big do you estimate? Uh, that's probably a 20-pound cat. Okay, so... At least. I haven't weighed him personally. Mm -hmm. I'm judging it only on, like, picking him up. Just sheer mass and size. Yeah, but he's, like, he's a... He's an enigma of a cat because he had a a bit of a rough life growing up on the streets, you see. (laughs) No, he really did. He's a hood rat. He's a hood (laughs) rat that's moved into the suburbs. Yeah, (laughs) because he he belonged to someone else Mm -hmm. that lived, like, 
five miles away, maybe more. I'm not sure. Yeah. And then he wandered over to Kirsty's house one day. He had a collar on. They returned him, and it was mm-hmm. fine. Then a couple weeks later, he shows up again in a snowstorm. They call the owners, and they say, oh, just let him outside. He'll find his way home. He's like, I think he already has. Yeah, so <laughs> he was quickly adopted, and the thing was about him is he was never fixed. Oh. But he was eventually just a little bit late, so he got kind of into the tomcat okay. phase. Sometimes he sprays around the house. Yeah. And the way that we deal with that is uh, we find out that he did it, uh, we grab him, uh, we rub his head on it, and yeah, then we that, put him outside. That seems to work really well. We had um, my sister's kitten when she, we got her. She We got her, and then within like two weeks, she went into heat. Oh, really? Yeah, she went into heat really early. Wow. Um, because I think that the pet store or the place we got him from lied about how old she was. Oh, uh, just to get rid of him. I think that she was older than she was. We were led to believe. Okay. And so she went to heat, and so you know, be like two in the morning. And then she'd like randomly pee on pillows and that kind of stuff. So my dad basically just grabbed her up if we caught her peeing on a pillow and just shoved her face into it until she started yowling. Yeah. And then she stopped peeing on pillows. No, that's pretty that's pretty much all you can do. Yeah. At that point. But the thing is, with Leo, either it was like way too late when we got him fixed, or he's just an asshole. But he wouldn't he won't stop. I think it's more of a learned it's just he's learned that that's what he's supposed to do because it's just his hormones kicked in and then he, it's hard for him to unlearn that he can't do that anymore. But we're we're taking like really preventative measures yeah. on this thing. It's really like no matter how many times we rub his face in it, it's not working. We've given him a calming collar. Okay. And that seemed to work. We didn't have a problem for like a month, and then he went and did it last night. Hmm. And then when I tried to, he he was so fat. How fat? It, he is so fat that when I picked him up by the neck scruff, the part that's not supposed to hurt the cat, it hurt the cat. Because there was so much fat that it didn't move. Yeah. There was no loose skin there. <laughs> He's just stretched tight. Uh, He's <laughs> That reminds me of uh, Therese got a cat before, oh, while we were still dating. It's at her mom's house now. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name's Jack. He uh, She got him from Gary, actually, at work. Oh, really? Produce Gary, yeah. Basically... And Does he raise cats? No, but like a feral cat just had a, a litter of kittens and then just disappeared. As they do, yeah. Like for like two and a half weeks, it never showed back up. Whoa. Um, and then it did? No, it just never oh. showed back up, so Gary thinks that it got picked off by like a coyote or something like that. <laughs> so basically, he started raising all the little kittens, and there was like eight of them. Whoa. Uh, Therese took one. She took like the smallest one, uh-huh. and this was like when he was like five weeks old. That cat is probably... 25 30 pounds now <laughs> he is oh, just man. massive she underestimated like when that. he jumps off the counter you hear a thud when he hits the ground it's not graceful <laughs> at all it's the sound of his belly hitting the ground just a thump it's slapping the table <laughs> yeah uh like he'll jump down and, that, and then whenever he hears like anything slightly rattling that might be food related he's there like right around you oh yeah they all got their little quirks don't they yeah or you know when they go to feed the cats he like just jumps down shoves away he's like i'm the biggest get out of my way (laughs) (laughs) there's it's such a it's a cavalcade of stars yes these cats that we have they all do have unique personalities oh yeah let's see so if i had to do like 
Arrested Development style, the quintuplets. Mm-hmm. They get one attribute per thing. Uh, let's see. Leo's the wild one. Uh, Watson's the lazy ass. Uh, G's the retard. And Spooky Cat is... No, shit, no. If I said Leo's the wild one, he can't be the wild card, can he? Hmm, I don't know no. what Spooky is. She's just like this weird like phantom cat that she'll hide a lot. She'll... Bipolar. Not really bipolar, but just like uh, like a force to be reckoned with that you don't know. It's like bottled up inside, you mm. know. But she's a loose cannon on deck. She's actually the alpha cat. Okay, being the smallest mm. one hmm. of all of them. But she just, but she she's completely black. She's the only one of them that's completely black. And I think it's just, excuse me, her innate ability to sneak up on the other cats. Yeah. That maybe, like, puts a sense of fear <laughs> into them, and that's why she gets to go to the food bowl first. Yeah. I think with Teresa's, well, I guess technically it's not Teresa's cats anymore. It would be my mother-in-law's cats. Mm-hmm. Um, they have you can one... still claim partial ownership. I guess, yeah. yeah. They're, uh, I guess, my step cats. <laughs> step, yeah. Because they're most of them are ones Therese brought home when she was still living there. Mm-hmm. Anyways, there's one, uh, his name is Lily. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he is definitely the alpha cat. Yeah. Um, and it's like he wanders in and all the other cats are like, okay, get out of his way. Because oh he has like gotten in so many fights. Like he is missing part of his ear. He has a scar going down like the diagonal Whoa. of his face. Like the classic like scar over the eye. Oh, that's badass. Um, he has a couple scars on his back and on his paws. He's gotten into tons of fights and scraps. <laughs> and he just has this look on his face just like, I'm not enthused by any of this. <laughs> I could eat all of you. <laughs> like, and I swear, literally every time I've ever come over there, he's just sitting out in the front of the garage, just staring at all the cars as they come in. And then he sees me get out of the car. And he's like, okay. And then just turns and walks off. You're cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'll permit it. That's great. Yeah. So what does he do to people he doesn't like? I don't know. I haven't seen that, but I'm not oh. sure I would want to. <laughs> okay. I guess he's just assuming that like if you're there yeah. and you're allowed in the house you're fine yeah but if you're wearing a face mask watch <laughs> watch out he might kill you yeah <laughs> that's kind of the signal i think yeah it's but like I, yeah that cat is covered in like scars and signs of scraps i think he's missing a toe too <laughs> nice yeah jesus fucking yeah don't don't don't, don't mess with that yeah guy. but like immediately he's no matter how many cats have gotten added He's always been the alpha. He's, and I think he's the oldest cat too. So none of them have challenged him either. Okay, he's earned that spot. Oh yeah, he's earned it and maintained it. Okay, good for him. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> That'd be a hard life coming back as a cat. I think. Yeah. I. That's too. That's just like a like a thirty sided coin, and most of the sides of the coin are like euthanasia or living on the streets. Yeah. So pick dog. If you get a choice in, like, the waiting room of the afterlife of which soul you want to inhabit, pick, pick dog. Well, yeah, you're eternally happy. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves you. Why would you pick cat? Who in their right mind? I don't know, the people who just don't give a fuck at all. Maybe, because here's the other thing. You, if you're in, the, you're in this waiting room of the afterlife, you don't get to pick no, you get to pick the soul you inhabit, but you don't remember anything about your own personality. That's what I mean. Yeah. So you can't 
pick cat going, I'm going to be the best cat ever. No, you're going to pick cat. You're going to wake up and you're going to be sleeping inside of a engine compartment that's starting to turn on. Wow, this sounds a little close to home here. <laughs> I've heard of a couple cats that do that. I think uh, that happened in I've one of the, the yellow bomb truck at Ben's house. That one of the, one of the cats <laughs> yellow did, bomb truck. Yeah, it was no, nicknamed the yellow bomb because they figured it would blow up at any point in time driving it. <laughs> but um, a cat may or may not have gotten um, killed by a fan belt in that engine compartment when it got turned on. Ooh, yeah, boy. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to be in there, cat. <laughs> no. I, it's... But yeah, can you imagine that? <laughs> it's pretty on the nose, actually. Oh, God. The only thing we can't replicate is the slight smell of burnt hair wafting in through your ventilation and system. Flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Let's not linger on that one. I don't know if I've ever smelled burnt hair before. If I have, I, I obviously I have didn't mind it much. Yeah, which leads me to believe that we neither of us have, because it's a pretty distinctive smell I've heard. That's a good thing to go through life without smelling burnt hair. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm happy with this. <laughs> uh, one, one of the few things I can I can be happy about, I'll hang on to this mm-hmm. one for a while. Don't, don't burn people's hair. Yeah. I did get my hair set on fire a little bit one time, mm-hmm. but it was outside, and who's going to stand around and try and smell that though yeah. when you're caught up in the adrenaline fueled moment of having your hair set on fire <laughs> yeah you don't really focus on that stuff so much not really no no yeah. <sighs> i'm running out of shit to talk about. yeah it same is, here um late, i'm trying man. to think of shit that's happened in the last week <laughs> um valentine's day the google planets thingy um google planets not not that's no that's not a new app of some sort wait are these the planets that they discovered yeah, around the the seven earth-sized planets that are orbiting a dwarf star that nasa found yeah okay yeah, those are cool i heard a pretty good idea that they should be named after the seven dwarves i've heard that yeah actually and i think that'd be kind of cool but you have to but um but then would the what would the star be named then Snow White or what? No, because it's a red dwarf. Yeah, um, that doesn't really work. Just call it the apple or poison apple. I don't know. Because mm. in the story, that's the only connection I can make. Yeah. The other, the this is important. Oh, they already um, have it named. Never mind. Damn it. They named the star, but not the planets. Trappist One, which is a boring name, but. Trappist One. Yeah. It's about 40 light years away. That sounds like a, that sounds like a placeholder name. Yeah. It's not like XG. JVBL10 or yeah. anything, but it sounds LV426 or something. That's a real one. I'm no, guessing. that's the planet and alien. Go. Oh, <laughs> you're right. I was about to start typing uh, it in. Yeah. Uh, but for the <laughs> sorry, pla- I watched aliens recently. But and... for the planet naming thing, um, don't just go innermost to outermost planets. Happy, sleepy, sneezy, bashful, grumpy, doby, doc. You can't do that. No. Uh, examine each planet carefully. Mm-hmm. Obviously, and... Dopey has to be the one with the longest orbit cycle, though. Yeah, I think Dopey is the one with the longest or the weirdest or- orbit cycle or yeah. the most misshapen planet. Yeah, that's true. Um, Grumpy is obviously going to be a, a volcanically active one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sleepy is just going to be like a dead rock. It's just a rock, nothing, yeah. Nothing happens there. Maybe um, somewhat cold. I don't know what Doc would be. I guess Doc could be... Um, the, probably the most Earth-like one. An inhabitable one, yeah. I think. It's like 
friendly and yeah, mostly the most useful. So, anyways, not a pigeonhole, <laughs> uh, a, a, a personality attribute that could be translated into not really no. else. Um, happy. What would happy be? Happy sounds like another inhabitable planet, yeah. honestly. Because they're all roughly Earth-sized is, I think, what it was saying. They were saying, yeah, they were saying that, but I think um, there was actually a number for how many were in the habitable zone. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, like, uh, not even half of them. No. Probably, like, three. Although, i got to be fair, I'm looking at a picture of one of them, uh, or an illustration, I guess, uh-huh. of it. And the middle one... Two, three. The fourth depiction. one in, the fourth one in, mm-hmm. actually looks like it has a cloud formations no uh, shit. in this depiction. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's got a little play button for a video, but I'm not going to push play, but you can kind of see clouds over it. Okay. So that's on the New York Times if you want to just uh, yeah. find that, everybody. So which one? Uh, so Grumpy's obviously that one all the way on the left there. That looks pretty. Oh yeah, the one that's warm. all yeah, all warm and sun spotted. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Yeah, I got nothing on the rest of them. I always forget all the names of the dwarves. I never watched Snow White that many times as a kid. Happy, sleepy, sneezy, baffle, grumpy, doby, duck. <laughs> hi ho, hi ho, hi dog, we go. But everybody knows that. Yeah, I know. It's a. Uh, you just didn't watch it very much. No, if I guess yeah, I'd choose other Disney movies over them. I don't. Uh, well, I, I certainly would too because it's. Uh, there are many it's better ones. It's pretty dark for a <laughs> Disney movie. Well, Disney movies in general can be pretty dark if you look into them the right way. That's true. I mean, well, I mean, even The Lion King, my personal favorite Disney movie, it's essentially yeah, Hamlet well, Lion, set Lion on the King Sahara. Yeah, Lion King is Hamlet, yeah. Yeah. And it's Hamlet s- set on the Sahara. It's about murder and, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And I've seen normal Hamlet. Yeah. And that can be pretty spooky. Yeah, it's pretty dark stuff. Oh, I Kill Your Brother to assume a... Um, Control the kingdom. I blame you for it. Oh, speaking of Lion King stuff, this is kind of dumb. They're making a live-action Lion King. I knew that. I know. I saw this, too, actually. I think it's partially because of the massive success that that was The Jungle Book, which, actually, I never saw. It's on Wait, Net- that was a success? That made a shit ton of money and actually was really, really? well-received, I thought. Let's find out. Hang on. It's on Netflix, and I've heard every. I haven't talked to anybody that said it wasn't good. I just, but is it I just, necessary? I, no, it's not, but that question could be asked of like 75% of Hollywood nowadays. Isn't there a budget? Oh, here it is. Okay. Um, $175 million budget. Um, gross was $363 million. Okay, so it's not massive amounts of money. I mean, it triples its, or doubles its budget. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not Shyamalan. It's just, I don't know where that money came from because there can't be... That many people out there desperate for another Jungle Book movie. No, I'm I mean, it, it. I thought it was pretty really well um, received, though. It got a 7.5, so yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. No, I mean, it, I think it's it, in my queue on Netflix to watch, but it's in, like, the back of my queue. That's, I don't know. It's, it's, I'd honestly rather re- just rewatch Stranger Things or something. <laughs> yeah, just go ahead and do that. Yeah, I mean... Because, yeah, I just binged through, like, the entirety of it in, like, two days. Yeah? Yeah. There's, And then I've been listening to, like, 80s synth music for the past week. <laughs> Which, did you realize John Carpenter actually has released two albums? Albums? Yes. Let's find They're called right Lost now. Themes 1 and 2. Lost Themes? Lost Themes is the name of the albums, and they're fucking great. So I, I haven't downloaded them, but they're the full things on YouTube. 
So it's not um so these They're not songs... just themes he came up with and didn't use. No. As far as I know. So wait, so they weren't? Here? I don't think oh, okay. so, but Well let's uh discography. But I wanted to find them, but I don't want to pay eleven dollars a piece for them. Well these are very new. Yeah, they're like last year and this um like the last two years when they were released, like twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. But he's like around for you. Yeah. I was like, I don't really want to pay $22 for them, but at the same time, they're pretty great because I've listened to like the first song or two of each one. What is that? Like a dollar per song? Something like that. Yeah. That's weird. I, but it just, it sounds awesome. I've never understood charging people for music. No. (laughs) Where are you coming up with this dollar 29 per song figure i mean yes i understand that you need to make money and then you need to pay the artist for their stuff so they can make money but john carpenter is looking old man yeah well i mean his oh his stuff was like from like the 70s and 80s guess how old he is i have no idea 69 wow that's far younger than i would have pegged him really i would probably him in his like mid late 70s yeah that's probably true he looks kind of like my great grandpa, <laughs> but like, well, then I guess the worst a lot of his big hits were in like the early '80s, which is why I was thinking of him being like in his 40s at that point. That's true. He probably didn't have white hair then. No. Well, I'm thinking like the thing. Um, mm-hmm. um, shoot, I'm drawing blank on other ones. Uh, big Trouble in Little China. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, Halloween. Assault on Precinct 13. All those good ones. They live. Yeah. I forgot about that one. <laughs> he had to. It's so. It, he had to come out recently and uh, uh, clarify for everyone. Okay, just so we're aware, this movie isn't about the Jews. <laughs> I promise you. It's kind of sad that somebody has to do that in this day and age. <laughs> it's really sad. And then, and then, of course, everybody ignored it, and then immediately photoshopped the. Uh, <laughs> Rowdy Rowdy Piper putting the glasses on and then his tweet change, changing to this movie's about the Jews. <laughs> so you can't win. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> You've done this to yourself. Well, if the internet has taught us anything is that, yeah, you can't win. It's true. Everything's going to be tied in with Hitler. Everyone's face gets photoshopped onto a gas chamber eventually. Just accept it and move on. If you can't handle it, you're not allowed to go on the internet anymore. I'm sorry. You can't go. That's what... Leave your feelings at the door yeah. on the internet. They're not supposed to be any on here. It's bits and bytes. There's no room yeah, There's for ones and emotion. zeros. Emotion doesn't translate in there. Yeah. Once you start trying to put emotion in there, that's when the computers come alive, and that's when we all die. Yeah, there's a reason why that's a universal theme of science fiction movies. When, <laughs> when AI gains sentience, what always happens every single time? They die. We die or we get enslaved and turned into human batteries. I don't want to be a battery. No. Sounds lame. Unless we get to pick our own. Sounds inefficient. Little, unless we get to pick our own little Matrix virtual worlds. Sounds inefficient. Sounds a little bit uh, uh, incredulously designed, if you ask me. Well, that's why you have endless fields of said battery. That's true. It, where it, humans are not born, they are grown, to quote Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> that's true. Um, oh, speaking of Lawrence Fishburne. Yes. He makes a surprise appearance in john wick 2 yes i know did you watch it yes fuck yeah you want to get i, I was wondering if you, okay i wasn't i didn't want to get into it because i didn't ru- okay. want to rub it in if you hadn't seen it no no i just saw it today actually. oh we saw it on it fresh in my mind i think sunday we saw it yeah yeah so you want to put like a 
10 minute spoiler clock on that works okay 10 minute spoiler clock oh my gosh i have a really old stopwatch right <laughs> uh starting now i don't think it was better than the first one though. i i quite frankly i loved it it was but really I cool do have to agree with you i do like the first one ever so slightly more and I'm i not i th- i don't know why it is though i think it's just i mean i the action oh, scenes, i know why it is but what's you that go. go ahead um i think i like the first one better because for, uh, y- you got a little bit of time to learn about him. You know how dangerous he is, mm-hmm. and then his dog gets killed, and then he fucks everyone up, and then and after the movie's he's over, d- and after he's done fucking everyone up, the movie's done. In the second one, he has to like kind of go back and forth a little bit. Yeah, on... is he is he gonna be cold blooded hitman or is he gonna be? I'm getting out of this shit. Yeah, and he makes his choice eventually, but yeah. uh, I I it wasn't. You gotta power through to that main point. You can't be wishy washy with yeah. this action stuff. I, I, and actually, mine isn't quite that one, but I guess in a sense, actually, I have kind of three things why I didn't like it quite as much. Again, I still absolutely loved it. Uh-huh. It was an absolutely amazingly entertaining two hours. Mm-hmm. First problem I didn't like with it is it was way too much of you could tell they're planning on setting up for John Wick 3. Oh, yeah, that is happening. Oh, yeah, For it's sure. already been... He, it's Daniel... him against the world now. Yeah. It's, oh, my God. It's all but confirmed. They've already started writing it. It's just Lionsgate hasn't officially green-lighted it. Okay, but they will. They will, yes. It's so much money. Um. Well, yeah, it's making... I think it's like... A, what is it? 190 or 170 million out of like a 50 40 million budget for the first one or the second, second one? Uh the second one, blur, blur, second blur. one had like a 50 or 60 million but dollar budget. 40. 40. No shit. I thought that was the yeah. first movie. No, that's that's this is the second one. And that's what I love about both of them is they have that small budget feel. Mm-hmm. But I guess the first one was made for even less than that. The first one was made for 20 million. Yeah, so they got double the budget, and you can tell watching this that they had twice the money to play with. Oh, yeah. Which I think is great, but also at the same time it detracts from it because that's the leads into the second problem that I have with it is that this the first one felt much more small scale, much more personal. Mm-hmm. It was basically Hitman comes out for vengeance just against a small group and then goes home. It feels more believable as, I mean, you almost can, I mean, obviously none of us are the boogeyman international Hitman galore Not that we know of no you can't prove anything <laughs> either way <laughs> but at the same time it was more identifiable but for us with john wick's character that he's kind of a dude that gets wronged and now he's going to kill every single one of the fuckers that stands in his way yeah you feel his personal loss versus in the second one he when he blows away like 250 guys in a movie at least oh yeah that last okay did they do a kill count for that yet? i don't know but i know in the first one it's like 87 which actually yeah, is higher than right. I thought it was. John Wick two kill, kill count. count. There it is. It auto filled. Um, There's got to be two hundred plus. I gotta say. Okay, let's see. I mean, hell, the the final uh, art gallery shootout was probably at least sixty guys. Total what? kills one hundred twenty eight. Wow, that's a lot lower than I thought it would be. Yeah. Well, when you sum it up, it's really just two big action sequences is in the movie. There's the big shootout in Italy. And then the museum. And the museum, yeah. There's a couple scenes here and there where he kills one or two guys, but that's about it. There's the two guys with the pencil and then the big fat Asian guy. The pencil thing was great. Yeah, and then there's <laughs> the violin chick. Those are the only other four guys outside of the two big shootouts that, in the yeah. movie. No, which, it was pretty isolated, yeah. but it, you didn't feel like it was restricted no. or anything. And the third problem I have with it is I think that it the action scenes, while I love him and technically you could tell he spent 
you can see in every single movement that Keanu makes that he spent like three or four months training oh, yeah. with one of the arguably one of the best uh, three gun shooters in the world. He is spooky good. Well, because like, he he trained with um, I forget um, he, the guy that owns uh, the company he owns is Terran Tactical. I forget what the guy's last name is, but his first name's Terran. Anyways. He spent like three or four months continuously training with this guy on weapons handling for like rifle, shotgun, and pistol. And it shows. Oh yeah, really good. Well, it's like that video that was released. Faith co- Tarim? No, no, I don't. I, I, I don't know how to spell this. Taran. T a r a n. T e r a n. T a r a n. T a r e n. Tactical. Anyways, All but right, um. Sorry. But anyways, you can see every single thing that all that training is shining through, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, because he's not he's not being he's fancy with the gun a couple times. Oh uh, yes, I really, very much so. I really like that one thing where like he it was in the museum fight. Mm-hmm. He's just loading the clip, and then he sla- he slaps it in, and then one handed he just he does a one handed press check. What the fuck was that? It was, was weird. It's loading it, reloading it, and then pulling the slide back partially to make sure that you chamber it around so that way you don't go to pull the trigger and it goes click. Dude. Okay. I noticed that every single time he reloaded with uh, with a handgun, he was press checking. Oh yeah, he was looking. He didn't want to fuck that up. No, he needs but to um, this and one there. the one thing with museum fight, I absolutely loved was the fact that first of all, he only started with the seven bullets, which means he had to constantly take guns away from other people and use them. Yeah, I, so it's just constantly fun. throwing away guns when they started getting low on ammo and pulling up new ones. The guy's name's Taron Butler. By the Taron way. Butler. Okay, um, amazing shooter. I mean, he's there's a reason why he has one of the biggest. Um, weapons manufacturing or uh, modifying companies for yeah. three gun. But, he knows his stuff. But the whole movie was really good, though. Yes. Um, as for what we're going to see for the future in the third one, John Lawrence Wick Fi- versus everybody. I don't know how that's going to work, but I think Lawrence Fishburne's going to be on I, his side. I think so, and I think that's why because he wasn't really relevant to this movie. Quite frankly, he could have been cut out and it could have been changed differently. But we we established him as like a contact, a friend outside of the world that he knows right because that's the thing is at the very end of it with the um excommunicado mm-hmm. um he's now cut off from every sort of every single resource that's associated with the continental yep um so now he needs resources outside of the continental which is lawrence fishburne i think he's gonna bring down the continental i i don't know because I, I think the continental doesn't want him out it's just they have to because he broke the rules Period. Yeah. They can't make exceptions. I mean, they kind of already made an exception by not killing his ass That's and giving true. him an hour to get out. They, they know he's a cool guy. Because it's professional courtesy. Because where they dropped him off and where he walked down to, to the fountain to meet Winston, that's the same uh, courtyard area that they killed the chick from the first movie. Oh. Uh, she just never not, made it to the fountain. I did not notice that. Yeah, they that. brought her there at night and then killed her. Damn. Yeah. Oh, which chick was I don't know what her name is. I've only seen her one. in that and Agents of Shield. Oh, um, not Bobby. Yeah, it was Bobby. That was Bobby. That was Bobby. Bobby's in John Wick One. Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't remember that. God damn it, Bobby. Damn it, Bobby. <laughs> I can't do the voice. I'll tell you what. Anyways, that boy. Ain't um, but I'll be honest. My absolute favorite scene of the movie is not even e- either of the action scenes. Oh, really? What my favorite scene is. When he's getting geared up, ready to go for the Italy scene, oh, like yeah. he goes to see the sommelier, which is basically he's looking over all these guns and pulling them up, like he's talking. Surprise uh, appearance from Peter Stefanowitz. Yes, yeah, that was great. But it's like he's, it's like they're discussing fine wines. Yeah, 
it's, when they're pulling up really like these freaking awesome tricked out guns. Yeah, it's like uh, I, it's almost like they were trying to avoid like wires or yeah, something. Yeah, and and they were also trying to be somewhat self-aware i think you know talk about the big shotgun yeah. it's like oh yeah it's an italian classic because it's an <laughs> italian made shotgun yeah um and so um yeah he's just like hmm thinking about oh i need something bold big loud and he for gets finish. an ar-15 he's, and i was like fuck yeah and he's thinking he's like and then he thinks he's like hmm what would be a good choice for this requirement ah yes this would be perfect <laughs> an AR-15. Yeah, with and, and he goes through all the different specs and details of it, and it's like, okay, these are all not none of them are made up things. Any of the stuff he said, yeah, every single thing that he was saying about those guns are real things. You know, the Glocks are made in Austria; they are ported. Um, they've had custom work done. The AR it was a correct barrel length. The scope was a correct scope. It, it was the uh, they they get the guns right. They know, the yeah, they weren't just making shit up. Thank goodness. Which I another thing I like about both movies is that they're fairly reasonable and realistic. Oh yeah, as like, far as that kind of stuff comes, the action stuff comes. Yeah, and all the fucking the new Fast and Furious trailer was in the beginning. Of yeah, this. I saw that and just like <sighs> I was like, okay, I guess palate cleansed. Yeah. Before I go into this, well, Teresa actually asked me, she's like, "What do you think about uh, that one?" I'm like, eh, "I wish they had stopped with seven, first of all." But no movie that makes a billion dollars is not getting a sequel anymore. Seven was the uh, last one with Paul Walker, right? I, yeah, and yeah. they ended it in a way that would have been a perfect way to wash their hands of the series, be done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, like I said, nothing that makes over a billion dollars doesn't get a sequel nowadays. No. But now I just look at it more as a better made Michael Bay movie. It's true. It's just getting really over the top. Yeah, and it's just stupid, ridiculous, ex- smashy, splody explosions. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, ten Racing minutes. Spoiler clock <laughs> is over. Yes. So go see John Wick Part Two. Watch the first one Watch first. The first one. Yeah. You're, it's and, worth it. And judge for yourself which one. Is like better. I said, the first one's probably one of the better action movies to come out in the last ten years. Oh yeah. I think it actually. Um, well, John Wick One has a seven point two. That that actually surprised me that it's that low. The second one has an eight point two right now. Huh. This, all right. I feel. I feel a little left out in the cold yeah i'm not here. sure how i feel <laughs> i mean we'll see how that holds over time because obviously it's very new still and new movies tend to have higher ratings yeah that's true it's only got uh 47 it's only been out for what three weeks now something like that it's been out for 15 days yeah i got into this late yeah <laughs> but man i'm finally glad i went to go watch that mm-hmm. there's either uh either that or fucking la la land i don't know why people are yelling about that i have a screener downloaded and i i need to watch it just because again i want to see what the fuck everybody's screaming about and then i can forget about it do, do you want to do the same thing with hamilton because apparently there's a screener out for that too that's i, I can't a, say i've ever even heard of that it's supposed to be um it, if it's, it's, it's a musical about alexander hamilton okay and the tickets for it are sold out for like the next two years I don't know. I'd rather just have a movie where I can sit at home and watch it and enjoy it. Yeah, no, this is, it's definitely not. I mean, yes, I love going to see live shows. I mean, I've been to see plenty of different live shows. I mean, went and saw Cirque du Soleil. I've seen um, The Nutcracker. I've seen Cats, which was dumb. (laughs) Cats is just dumb. Who did you see that with? Therese? My parents. Your parents? My, My mom liked cats when she was growing up and it was like her mom's favorite musical so it was had kind of a special place in her heart uh-huh. and she wanted to see it so we came along and it's just dumb it's just 
Red? It's a bunch of people in cat suits running around singing, and you can't understand what the fuck is going on. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> for two hours. So, so it's not rent with cat aids. Instead. It could be. It's... I just, I don't know. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. It's just people running around and rolling around on junkyard sets in cat suits. Sounds really self indulgent. <laughs> um, should, do uh, they eat the garbage? I don't know. Uh, they probably do. I mean, if they're going to commit f- to that role. 42nd Street was one of the first musicals shows I've ever seen, though, I think. I think that's the name of it. it right next to 43rd Street? <laughs> I mean, in theory, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it's all right. <laughs> um, no, I've seen some live stuff, too. Yeah. No, I enjoy them if it's the right thing. But I don't know. It's uh, not something that you're going to want to watch from the point of view of a guy holding a video camera in the audience. No, God, no. I said screener earlier. It's, it's a not cam. a screener. It's not a movie. It's what am I doing? It's technically it'd be a cam. It's somebody with a hand camera recording the show. Yeah, it's like the worst. And that's just dumb way to experience no. things. What was that screener of that I watched? There was something. I don't know. Downloaded it. You told me there was a screener of something, and then I watched Doctor it. Doctor Strange or it was Doctor Strange. Okay, yes, I like that. Yeah, that was good. Short. Yeah, but, it, but really well and done. Sweet for a good length. In my opinion, it's the best Marvel origin story they've done, and one that I had never heard of before. No, and that's it's great because they would have you wouldn't have thought Doctor Strange would have been a hero that they would have picked. Yeah, and um, he's gonna he can fuck up. All sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah. I can't wait till he like can. Which do... wait? Did you watch both post credit scenes though? Yeah, I saw the one with Thor. Yeah, there's another one. Um, the the uh, the other buddy guy that's the um the guy that was the assassin in um oh yeah Fire in Serenity. Oh, he goes to somebody else, right? Not exactly. He basically it leads up that he's gonna be a bad guy in the next one. Oh, okay. as he is in the comics, he's. Basically, one of Doctor Strange's well, biggest nemesis. Well, how's he gonna do that if he's Black Panther? He's not. That's a different guy. Black Panther's a different guy. Yeah. Oh, there I go confusing my <laughs> black people again. You're racist. There we go. Anyways, <laughs> but um. Well, who's okay? Then who's Black Panther? I, I don't know. Obviously, I've, like yeah, it, he's an Age of Ultron, right? No, he'd be in Civil War. Oh, right. But um, actually, when I saw um, Doctor Strange in theaters. I came in right at the hospital scene, so I missed like oh. the first five minutes. Where's that? There's that first little fight. Yeah, and in some ways, I almost think the movie was better that way. Just straight to that. Just straight to that, leaving out all the magic shit until like thirty-five, forty minutes in when he finally gets to Katmando. No, I. You know what? That's absolutely acceptable. And then you can get that movie down to a minute, uh, hour twenty-five. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, because you're cutting out, like, five minutes of stuff. Yes, it's a cool sequence. I Don't get me wrong. It was a cool sequence at the beginning. But um, I liked how, I mean, spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it. I mean, I guess it's been six months-ish, five, six months. Catch up. Yeah, Everybody. get on this. It'll be on Netflix in, like, two weeks, I bet. This is Black Panther. Chadwick Boseman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, he totally looks like the other guy. I'm sorry. It's... <laughs> No, they they do look similar-ish. I mean, I can tell them apart, but I mean, anyways. I know he doesn't. He, I know he's not Donald Glover. Okay, yeah. so I'm not that racist. <laughs> no, he's young Lando. Yes, and he's going to be Simba in the Lion King. That's yes, right. which I think is cool because James Earl Jones is confirmed to be Mufasa again. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, I mean, he has to be. There's no that, other choice. That's an easy get. Yeah. Anyway, what were you saying? Anyways, um, with uh, 
Oh, uh, when I watched Doctor Strange, there's obviously all the stuff that happens in the first sequence where the previous librarian gets killed. They steal the book. They steal the passages. All that stuff gets alluded to later in the movie mm-hmm. by other characters referencing it that it happened. Mm-hmm. And then it finally gets explained to Strange about halfway through the movie. Yeah. I liked the fact that when we went into the movie, we don't know exactly everything that's just happened. We're in the same position as Strange that we're kind of figuring it out as we go. Mm-hmm. And I liked that aspect actually almost better. If I... No, I was adding a little bit of mystery yeah. to it. Figure it out on your own. Exactly. It's it's because uh, it didn't reveal the villain Mads Mikkelsen until you know much later in the movie. It's the rule of show don't tell. Exactly. Don't show until the right moment. Yes, there's a, there's a time and a place for. That's very Shyamalan saying, too. <laughs> yeah, but he's making a comeback, so we have to yeah. listen to him oh, yeah. now. It's like we said, we've watched Split. Did you, did you realize that movie was only made for $9 million? $9 million? Yeah. Wow. I bet five of that went to McAvoy, but... <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, they just didn't want to give him any money because they were scared of him fucking it up, I think. I think that's what Shyamalan needs, is he needs small budgets. Big budgets lead to things like After Earth and The Happening. Well, how big was the budget for Unbreakable? Not much, I don't think, but... I bet it was double digits at least, but uh, no way it was like a $100 million movie. $75 million. That's actually pretty significant. Yeah. Probably his biggest... Probably also partially because Bruce Willis was a huge name at the time. That's true. But Unbreakable may be like his biggest yield of enjoyability compared to money spent to make Mm -hmm. the thing. Yeah. I mean, I still think that's my favorite Shyamalan film. Therese actually didn't like it that much. Really? Yeah. Huh. Because of the twist she just thought it was just slow oh, okay I know a lot of people do but you gotta ramp up to that stuff yeah it's an origin story and a really unique one of that so yeah it's oh, it's oh, not wait. about what you see on the screen it's about what it means yeah which is Shyamalan in a nutshell it's true and he's a tough dude to figure out yeah. that's for sure <laughs> yeah. go ahead and like us on facebook facebook.com slash tgf radio we're also tgf radio on twitter Email us things, because you're not when you watch it you at tgf radio show at gmail.com all the other episodes for, and subscribable links to itunes and rss uh, all right, tgfradio.com. Yes, closing statement. Uh, everybody needs to go see John Wick 2 because we need to support more money so that way Lionsgate keeps going for yeah. three. They haven't even cracked triple digits in their budget making, uh, the box. I'm not sure making, I want them so. to at the same time. Oh, Keep yeah. it low budget. Don't, don't, don't make them cocky, but let them feel a little bit of that satisfaction yeah. and success. Just because they're also awesome movies. That sounds good. All right, we'll be back next week. Party on, everybody. Man,